1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. And joining me tonight is my co-host, the man over at the Beast, that is Niners Nation, KP, Kyle Posey. What's going on, bro?
2: What's up, man? Uh, doing well, you know, getting some football news coming in, which means football is right around the
1: corner. I'm looking forward to it. How you doing? How's the life? Yeah. So everybody needs to know that I text KP yesterday and I said that, Hey man, what do you, what do you want to talk about tomorrow? And we kind of talked. we kind of threw some ideas back and forth, talked about topics and then KP left off with, it doesn't really matter because something will happen tomorrow anyways. It makes it worthless. So we'll just, you know, we'll just wait until then. And then sure enough, (laughs) I mean, it doesn't make anything (laughs) worthless, but sure enough this morning, News of of the forty ers newly uh newly paid newly minted all pro linebacker Fred Warner and his con- massive contract extension broke and I I immediately text KP and was like dude you called it called <laughs> s- it and what did you say like can I act like I I I knew this I planned this
2: yeah I just want to pretend you know that I knew this was coming because I said we are not we're gonna waste our time and I'll just pretend like I knew this was coming. And I wish, you know, you could have framed that well to just hype me up a little bit. But <laughs> it's uh, it's this team. It's it's never ending, man. There's always news.
1: It really does seem like it. And obviously, last week, the news was a bit more somber. Uh, we, we talked for a while about, you know, Richard Sherman's uh, predicament, his situation, the incident that happened with him and his family, um, which I feel at this point's probably been detailed more than enough, everybody listening to this already knows pretty much everything there is to know about it. Uh, I think he ended up being charged with five misdemeanor uh, counts and he issued a statement on his Twitter. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. It's important to to read stuff like that. I'm not going to read it verbatim on here, but um, so that's kind of sorting itself out. Hopefully, you know, all I'll, all I'll say is hopefully that's the last we hear when it comes to Sherm. and obviously it needs to sort itself out in court and whatever that's going to be. But, Hopefully that's the last we hear uh, when it comes to that type of news from Sherm because, I mean, you're talking about a guy that has a Hall of Fame football career pretty much already in the bag. And to me, that's only like the beginning, like whether he's on ESPN or NFL Network or he's, you know, one of the the commentators for NBC's, you know, wherever, I, I feel like wherever he wants to go from here, he can go there. So hopefully... Like I'm saying, that's the last we hear of, of that for sure. Hopefully he gets the help he needs and everything kind of shapes itself out so he can just continue to win at, you know, everything he does.
2: Yeah, man, It's uh, I think it's important for – well, first of all, we just need to focus on, you know, his his health, he gets right. And, yeah, as I right. said, just let's just um, focus on the human and just hope that the next time we hear from Richard Sherman, um, hopefully, you know, he's signing with the team. He has, you know, overcame whatever, you know, the issues that is causing that cause that to happen. And we're able to move past that and not, and that doesn't mean to like ignore what happened because obviously, you know, we want him to get well, but it was, it was, it was different. It was, I guess, tough because I think we, we have an idea of who Sherman is and we know that's not him. So I think that's what made it so tough.
1: Right. Yep, that's a good. It's a good way to say it. You know, you just hopefully his his life and everything involved in it just takes a turn towards you know positivity and everything kind of gets to where it needs to be. But um, so anyway, like we said, moving on. Um, the forty nine ers, the the biggest news of the day, biggest news of the week, biggest news of the off season, maybe. I uh, you know not necessarily immediately recalling every news we've gotten this off season, but the forty nine ers have. Signed Fred Warner, linebacker. Fred Warner, all pro, all pro. Fred hashtag that thing. They signed him to a five-year extension worth more than ninety-five million dollars, with forty point five million dollars guaranteed. And one of the guys from Spotrack, they if you if you've never heard of them, they kind of like do a lot with the salary cap and break it all down. Basically, it was ninety-five point two million dollars in new money. 27.5 guaranteed at signing um, almost a million guaranteed next year, 12 million in 23. but it, what he put here that was interesting to me it said practical essentially the contract is three years 42 million and I think that's right around 40 or 14 million dollars a year. So uh, KP I mean what was your what was your reaction upon reading this this morning? Did it surprise you? Um are you all about it what's uh, what's this, what's the deal? I mean pay good players easy decision for me
2: and we we kind of talked about this like we've all, we've all you need to relax was... with, <laughs> with, with,
1: you need you can't just be throwing shit out <laughs> you can't just be saying shit like that without warning me <laughs> um pay your elite
2: players very simple you know uh but we talked about him and how Fred Warner was going to make right around or a little more than Bobby Wagner who was initially the highest paid linebacker in the NFL before this and yeah Fred Warner this deals he's not going to be the highest paid linebacker for long so I think if anything it's good that they were able to get out ahead of you know Darius Leonard who's probably going to get extended and then Roquan Smith if that happens next year so the 49ers don't have to get into a bidding war in that sense but Not much of a surprise, but when you say when you break it down like the three year deal and it comes out to 14 mil and I mean, sure, he cares about the title where he's highest paid now and that 40 mil guaranteed, I'm sure, has a big a big reason for him signing that contract. But 14 million per season for three years is should be a still for Fred Warner. And I think that's what we should focus on. But again, um pay him whatever he wants to because he's the best player at his position and he's one of the best coverage linebacker – best coverage players in the NFL, not just linebacker. So I loved it, man. I'm, I'm happy that he was able to get paid.
1: Yeah, man. He uh, And, you know, I want to give a quick little shout-out to Kyle Mountain of the Candlestick Chronicles because – also of Niners Wire. Come back because uh, we have a, a group chat with me, him, and Chris Biederman and Jared Brown. Uh, Basically, everybody that at one point, we were all writing for Niners Wire together. And Kyle, even before the draft, before that that year that Fred Warner was drafted, he was a big Fred Warner guy. And he was like one of those guys that if he was always there in like the second or the third round for all his mock drafts, he was always taking Fred Warner. And, you know, we just knew that he was a big Fred Warner guy. And then the draft rolls around. And in the third round, the 49ers draft Fred Warner. And, you know, that was a nice big old feather in in Kyle's cap. And not only has he did the 49ers draft him, but he ended up being very, very good. And not only is he very good, but he's pretty much the best at his position in all the NFL. And then he gets all pro. And now he just got a huge payday. So it's like, Kyle's little draft crush, uh, you know, developed into one of the best linebackers in football. So I got to give a shout out to him because every time time. somebody talks about Fred Warner, I always think of Kyle Madsen's mock drafts before the season. I wonder Um, how
2: annoyed people were that he was just listing Warner every time. And sure enough, uh, he's a freaking stud now.
1: Yeah, it was. I'm wondering if I, did I ever do that? I don't think so. Trying to think if there was in it because I used to do a lot of mock drafts, so I'm trying to think if there was ever a guy that I mocked draft. I mean, obviously, I was a huge DeForest Buckner guy, and that happened, but that's different. That's you know, that's the seventh overall pick, and there was only so many players that could fall into that slot. But yeah, when it comes to Fred Warner, it's easy, man. I mean, the guy is like he's kind of in a way he kind of was right there towards the forefront of that that kind of paradigm shift for linebackers away from being bigger, you know, the Ray Lewis types, bigger, hit hard, can stop the run, pretty bad in coverage. Like that just doesn't fly anymore. You know, NFL offenses have evolved in a way to where guys like that will just get picked apart. And then here you have Fred Warner, who, like I said, was towards the forefront of the the really, really athletic linebackers that can kind of do a little bit of everything. And you're talking about a guy that has a package devoted to him you know where he's covering wide receivers, and 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 what did he didn't he like hollow, follow follow uh, Hollywood Brown down the field and break up a post yeah. or something like that? Yeah, man. You know you're talking, and he's and not only that, but the guy's like 6'3", 225 pounds. He's massive. He's a freak athlete. And if you're not the thing that I always fall back on when it comes when there's people out there that will actually put it into public view that they think you shouldn't pay someone like Fred Warner. The thing I always fall back on is if the, if Fred Warner magically became available right now, would, what kind of contract would he get? And obviously it would, it would, if Fred Warner were, were, like I said, just suddenly available, the contract he would get would, would put the one, the 49ers signed him to, to shame you know like he would just get a massive payday if someone like Fred Warner were to hit free agency and he's there's no, there's literally no reason not to pay him like the no. 49ers have the money the salary cap is expected to go up significantly um he is one of if not the best linebacker in the NFL right now and he's an absolute leader in the locker room he's a leader on the defense uh, he's proven that not only does he have the physical ability, but he's got the mental ability, too. Just from the plays we've seen him make and the, the way players around him kind of talk about the things he says on the field and the way he studies, there's you just have no reason not to pay a guy like that. And it it blows my mind. You know, there's always got to be somebody out there, but when there's when somebody will will like I said, in public in public view, <laughs> let people know that they disagree with signing a player like that. And it's it's funny. But so you I mean you saw that a little bit. What was the what was the general I guess we could just laugh
2: at him, right? I mean there I imagine Bill Belichick would give up a first rounder for Fred Warner. Would you would you agree that multiple teams in the NFL would give up a first rounder for him?
1: Oh man, absolutely. I would not Again, if it was just a magical scenario where Fred Warner became available, it wouldn't surprise me if they got what they got for DeForest Buckner, like 13th overall. I, I think that would be in play. Knowing that,
2: so we're just talking value. Forget the position because when the ball is snapped, he is guarding wide receivers, and you have to account for that. So knowing that, why in the world would you not max out, give him as much money, uh, make him the highest paid player because of the value that he brings to your defense, man? um bill belichick speaking of if you just watch what they've done the last few years he's been building his defense around these off-ball linebackers that have so little value uh dante hightower is a good example because their defense fell off a cliff without him last year so he fred warner does everything and he's really good at everything so if we're just talking about on the 49ers would you agree that he's top three coverage pass rush, run fit, um, just essentially everything that matters, slipping blocks, um, probably even tackling, and maybe most of all, most importantly, especially for this team, staying freaking healthy. Availability. Right. Your best ability is your availability. I hate that line so much. We need a cliche now. (laughs) uh, Honestly, man, there's nothing that he really does that you're like, oh, wow, like that's an issue. And when that's the case, when you run out of like superlatives for a player, you're going to want to pay him. So, yeah, some of the takes today, even comparing him to like Darius Leonard, who he's like they're playing two different sports. It's just I think people grasp on to either bigger names or since the 49ers didn't do well last season, maybe people weren't aware of how well Warner played. But he was balling out with like Alex Barrett as his defensive tackle. Um, people that you've uh-huh. never heard of people wearing 60s and 70s at defensive tackle in front of him. He's still making plays, man. And yeah, as I mentioned, uh, he's guarding you or you said Hollywood Brown against the Packers. He was guarding Devonte Adams like because he wasn't targeted doesn't mean like he's not making plays, which is a big issue in the analytic world. So most of his plays, in my opinion, are the plays that – like it's not the – everybody goes to his interception, like the interception where Jerry Goff threw it right to him. Like, no, like anybody's going to make that play. It's the ones where he takes the targets away. Uh, I remember against Julian Edelman, like he's running a, a pivot route, whip route for him. He's just a really special player, man. So I, I don't understand, but I, I think it just comes back to people just, you know, not really knowing what he does as a player and just boxing him into – A linebacker just because he plays a position um doesn't mean you know he can't cover which is what people were saying like he's not a good coverage player which like come on
1: man like he's a former freaking safety well and it's if you were to build a prototypical linebacker for the modern nfl probably would be really close to fred warner you know he's 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 quick. He has size, and the size. I mean, a lot of people when they think of linebackers, they're like, oh, you know, six foot, maybe even five eleven, five eleven, six foot, six one. Fred Warner's a hard six three. Like it would, oh, I huge. don't know his exact measurements, um, but it, you know, he, when you see him, you don't think six two. You could you could mistake him for six four. He's a he's a big dude. And that you know, with today's tight ends and how much they're starting to run the league, you need somebody like Fred Warner that's going to be able to step in, step in there, and he's not going to be bullied, you know, by a tight end. And it, it's just it's silly. It's not. It, it's to a point where is it even worth like giving this much airtime to the uh, the criticism of signing somebody like Fred Warner uh it isn't really it's just it it made every single he checked every single box for the 49ers when it comes to why you would pay somebody so and not even one thing we haven't even mentioned yet is like if you're not going to pay somebody like Fred Warner then who are you going to pay and what kind of (laughs) precedence is that going to set in a locker room where good players aren't rewarded You can only do a DeForest Buckner trade every so often,
2: maybe like once a decade, I would say.
1: Right, you can't just you can't just create the the reputation that you're only hoping players are good so you can trade them. You know, like you have to develop the idea that good players can strive to be great so that they can get that payday, build that generational wealth, change their life, change their family's life, like. And they have to feel like they can do that for your team. You know, you have to build that sense of pride and that sense of ownership. You can't just take every good player and and ship them off because now they're worth a lot. Like, that's kind of like, that was like Trent Baalke's thing. Like, he would never pay good players within the building. And you just can't do that because you're you're removing a huge part of the incentive to be good in the first place. Now, obviously, it's the, you know, the other half is, you still want to be good because somebody's going to pay you. But the you know the team that's drafting these this talent, that's developing this talent, and that's watching it kind of bloom, you should be the one to pay them more often than not.
2: I think especially guys that you develop, homegrown, and even if they're not, like, I don't know, if they're not first-round picks, and that should be like a badge of honor for you, so you should want to pay them. And, yeah, again, just going back to, uh, who else do you pay? What what, what are the options? He's a, an elite player. It just goes back to that. He's one of the very best players, and you want to keep those guys on your roster because that's how you win football games. It's because of the Jimmys and the Joes, and it is going to be tough for you to find a player anywhere near the caliber of Warner, man. like He is up there, and, and I'm like the furthest thing from a homer. Like I root for the 49ers. I hope they do well. But when we're just listing good players, Warner is up there against any defender. Like I would put him up against any defender in the NFL because he's seriously that special. Of a have player. They, he just does that much on the football
1: field? Have they done the top one hundred players this year? That the one kind of with the players, the goofy right NFL Network one that they say players vote on. Uh, I haven't seen it. I don't think so. Okay.
2: Maybe I don't think so either. Maybe they took a year off because last year, but. Um, I I couldn't imagine him being any worse than 30, right?
1: Right. No. Yeah, And I I probably would have said 20 at this point. But, you know, there's a lot of good football players. So him not, you know. 30 is a compliment. Like, even 50 is a really big compliment. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome. It's cool. There was a part of me that thought, you know, there was a reality where maybe they wouldn't want to pay Fred Warner because maybe they – people uh, higher up in the front office weren't exactly sold on the value of a linebacker, but it, it obviously isn't the case. And when you, when you think of John Lynch leading in an organization as the general manager, he's going to, if anything, as a safety, he's going to have just as much respect for a linebacker as anybody, just knowing how, when it comes to playing safety, shit rolls downhill and a good linebacker can erase a lot of the problems that a safety might have. So um it it, when i think of it that way it doesn't necessarily surprise me so i mean good for them good for the 49ers it's always cool to read a player get paid like that my and my biggest thing when a pair gets played like that it's like that person's life just changed forever yeah like for the rest of their life and as long as you're smart with your money you know your kids and their lives are changed forever I mean, that is a lot of – when you're talking about an average Joe's life, like my life, teacher salary type stuff, the amount of money that Fred Warner just made is like unbelievable. and milli. Right. This is not going to be his last contract. No. No, no, it won't be. And so that's the first thing I always think of. I'm just so happy for the amount of people that just – their lives just changed. I mean, even Fred Warner's parents, maybe his siblings, you know – you know, you know, just don't know how, how, uh, it's obviously up to him what he does with his own damn money, but it's, it, I just love the fact that to thinking about that, you know, that's how it about, should be,
2: honestly. And that's right. because you are a good human. <laughs> um, <laughs> when, when people say, oh, he's overrated, oh, he shouldn't make that much money, no matter who it is, no matter who gets paid, like, how is that the first thing that comes to your mind? You should be happy that anybody got paid. It's, it's the team's fault, if anything, that they paid player X. Um, more but yeah in Warner's case especially like I'm I was born in San Diego you don't really hear too many people from that area just come up so uh, it's great to hear him even though I will say I tried to convince him to have the nickname Anchorman and he just like no he said I don't know about that he just wasn't feeling it at all so uh, Fred if you're listening reconsider now that you have the bag.
1: Now that, now that, now that you have a literal ankle or anchor tied to you uh, in the form of gold coins. So, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's cool, man. It is real cool. That, and that's, again, that's the first thing I think of, man, that whole family's life just changed, bro. That is so cool. It's like they won the lottery. So. Uh, except it's all just based off Fred Warner's hard work, and so. <laughs> right? And not only that, but I mean, think about it from that perspective. You're talking about a dude that's probably been playing football since he was like ten years old, maybe even younger, and went all the way through middle school sports and then high school sports. He was probably the best player on his high school team, and then he got all these college looks, and then he went to college at BYU, and you know, obviously was one of, if not the best player on. That BYU team, and then he gets drafted, and then now he has to claw his way through the pros and become one of the best professional football players out there. I mean, it's just—it could all be a movie, man. It's fucking cool. It's a cool. Two hundred
2: and ten pound high school recruit. He was a that's kind of scary. And now he is the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. That is amazing story.
1: It is, dude. It's like. Just be positive. And when play, when fans complain about how much of money a player gets paid, they're like who gives a shit? It's not your money. <laughs> it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> it's, it's nobody just stole from a bank account that has some <laughs> influence in your future. Like who gives a shit, man? Like it, it, it's not yours. Don't worry about it. But anyways, it's fucking cool. I love when players get paid. I love thinking about just the the the, the second, and third order effects of it. It's awesome. So moving on. I suppose. Congratulations to Come all pro Matthew. Fred hashtag stuff. Hey. Um, the 49ers locked up, the, up up until this point, the 49ers had three rookies that were unsigned from their draft class. Um, quarterback Trey Lance. You've heard of him. Cornerback, Ambry Thomas, third rounder and another third rounder in running back Trey sermon, who they just signed today. So I don't even know if we've talked about Trey sermon together. I think we have. I'm pretty well, sure we really? have a split. we But, I mean, obviously we all knew he was going to get signed. What kind of like – just kind of spin it forward a little bit, What do you see Trey Sermon making some noise in camp and preseason and and maybe earning a a bigger role than a lot of people think? Yeah, I've seen some takes on him this
2: week for sure from the 49ers land. And some people think that it's almost a foregone conclusion that he's going to be the guy. Like, he's going to be the starter. He's going to be the one who gets over 200, 220 carries – I think he's going to be very good. Uh, I think any running back on this team is going to be very good, and that's in large part because the offensive line is going to be very good. But it helps because Sermon is a baller. He's, he was he was incredible at Oklahoma. Honestly, like I, that's where I he really caught my eye. Obviously, he was a little banged up and uh, got had a slow start to this last season at Ohio State. But uh, you saw what happened once he got rolling. He was rushing for two hundred, three hundred yards in a game, man. So uh, usually those guys who compete or who excel at Oklahoma and Ohio State, tend to do well in the NFL. So uh, I, I can't envision a scenario where he doesn't play well. I think I'm, I'm pretty excited just to see his usage, honestly. So I, I just want to see a running back catch a ball out of the backfield. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I would be surprised if he wasn't a baller. Just because everything that he's done up until this point, I'm not going to go as far to say like he's going to steal Moster's spot, or uh, he mo- he makes Mostert expendable because uh, it's tough to make the fastest person in the NFL expendable. So, <laughs> um, but still, I, just that one-two punch, like, they're going to be very good. And I could see him either being the guy that wears down defenses late in the game, which would be cool. And you know, maybe he pops a long run there, or the guy that kind of sets up Moster uh, for the fourth quarter. So he, he'll have a role either way, and. Uh, maybe he might be the third down back, just because you know he's he's aware as a pass blocker and he has good hands. So uh, his role is what I'm what I'm interested in. What do you think? What what's what are we going to see from Sermon?
1: I don't know, man. I think it's tough because I'm, I'm certainly not of the opinion that you're just gonna move Raheem Mostert aside. Like my you know my 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 little friendship with him aside, like I mean, like you said, man, you're talking about one of, if not what could be the fastest player in the NFL who's had some shitty luck with injuries. And maybe that's a part of his story. You know, maybe, maybe the injuries persist and that's just kind of the card he was dealt. And if that's the case, then the door is open for somebody like Trey sermon to step in and really turn it up and 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 maybe seize that spot. But, but to me, it's like, it's not, you're not like putting Raheem on the bench. Because you're that good, like, could Trey Sermon be that good? Maybe, but Raheem's like, just I don't you know. Have to be Go like back, Le'Veon
2: Bell, good to make most expendable,
1: right? It, it just it, and it just isn't going to happen. It, it, at least I don't think it is. That would be pretty shocking to me. Go back and watch the NFC Championship game against the Packers and watch, watch week three. one. Watch week two. He's running for ninety freaking yards, <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> Just remind yourself what Raheem Mostert is. And and if anything, I just say get excited about a, an awesome, another another chance for the 49ers to have an awesome one two punch.
2: Yeah. And that'll be big to keep Mostert healthy, I imagine. But you brought up the injury history. So Sermon has had his fair share of injuries too. And that dates back to Oklahoma and I think even before then. So it's not like he's like a, this durable running back. So maybe just keeping the load light for both of those guys will be the best interest for them moving forward.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But it's it's an interesting combination because Trey Sermon's not slow, but he's, he's thicker and he's stouter. And I really watching him was rarely, you know, rarely do you watch a football player and see something completely new or something that at the very least something that really surprises you. And the way Trey Sermon ran the football really surprised me. Like you're talking about a dude who – literally breaks tackles like it's normal, you know, like yeah. it's an broken tackles. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, broken tackles happen all the time, but they're not normal for a player. And Trey sermon made it, made it like normal. Like I had a, uh, la- not last year. Cause we didn't get to have football last year, but the year before that I had a player named Marshall Sanders who could, you know, remember the name. He could, he has all the name. talent in the world. He could. Yeah. Right. I know. He could, he could, he could, I think he could be a professional football player. You could just tell the athleticism that he had, and I know he's going to end up being like 6'3", and he was my wide receiver that I coached, and it got to a point where we would throw him a screen, and he was bigger than most kids, but he wasn't like freakishly big middle school, like Jadavian Clowney, high school highlight type thing. He wasn't like that. But we got to the point where we would throw him a little bubble, and I wouldn't even look at the corner that was in front of him. I would look at the next person, like, where's the safety coming from? (laughs) Is the linebacker coming? Is he getting over fast enough? Because Marshall would make that corner miss every single time. Never did he get tackled by that corner. Either he was stiff-arming him or running over him or just shaking him out of his shoes. And that was kind of the way it became with Trey Sermon watching him is – you always never expected him to go down with the first tackle. And, and not going down with the second tackle wasn't even that much of a surprise. He just broke tackles like it didn't matter. So, and you're comparing him to somebody who, like Raheem Mostert, or or complimenting him with somebody who, and Raheem's a beast too. He's a big dude. But you've got this this really bruising running back that, like you said, can really wear down a defenses, And then you've got Raheem who... Will just make your excellent angle look terrible because he's insanely fast. So it's a cool compliment, right?
2: Yeah, it's unreal, man. And a lot of teams would would die to have those two type of players. So it's going to be very tough to stop this offense, man. And I don't think we we've put we always talk about the defense and for good reason. But i I want to see how they use all of these players, and you know, it's going to be so if as a quarterback like Jim Garoppolo, Trey Lance, you couldn't ask for a better situation. Like you're probably more than likely I think I don't think we put enough emphasis on how much improved the offensive line's going to be and I don't think it's far-fetched to say that it'll be like a top 5 unit. So knowing you have a top 5 offensive offensive line, knowing you have a top 5 play caller and then the weapons around him with the running game, um they're going to be able to do whatever they want. It's just about taking care of the football. So uh,
1: and then I, you I, add Trey Lance and Man. if he if he works his way into the starting lineup or when he works his way into the starting lineup and whatever dynamic he brings and the fact that he's gonna have to be accounted for, it could get silly. Yeah, they're they're going to score prob so it sounds,
2: you know, just like hyperbole to say this, but I I'm pretty sure they're gonna average somewhere around uh three and a half, four touchdowns a game. Like they're gonna be in the high twenties every game, and that's going to be um, really fun to watch because say, saying that they're going to average that means we're going to have some games where there's like five six touchdowns I, and I, I it sounds like offseason talk but I really do think they're going to be that good on offense it's going to be fun
1: yeah no I don't I don't think that's crazy man I have big expectations for this offense this year you got what I think is going to be Uh, you know a spicy jimmy garoppolo somebody who wants to to keep his uh, keep himself in the spotlight you have a, a you know a rookie quarterback that shit has all the talent in the world we'll see and then everything else you know brandon Ayuk, who i think is gonna drop into that genuine wide receiver one role ride receiver one role easy for you to say (laughs) <laughs> this year, um, you know, and you still got like Kittle. We'll see what we get from Debo. And, and like, we just got talking about Raheem and it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But, and then we have Simba Webster. Hey, <laughs> the biggest news <laughs> of the day. <laughs> You're right. Fred, who we got Simba. Huh? <laughs> and anyways, um, yes. So. Former Rams wide receiver that was cut. The 49ers claimed him off waivers from my extreme deep dive into his abilities I'm thinking kind of just somebody that might be able to compete for a roster spot and a lot of that may be on the back of his special teams experience I don't even know if I should say you know ability or playmaking but cuz I you know I, I don't know how much of that is there but I know that that's kind of his selling point is his special teams right yeah so he was actually
2: 10th in the NFL on punt return average last year. Um, he broke a 38-yarder in the playoffs against, uh, I believe it was against the Seahawks as a kick returner. So good, the, yeah. The ability, right? <laughs> the ability is there. Uh, I think in 2019 he was a better kick returner, but um, the 49ers do like desperately need somebody to flip the field for them. And I don't mean that with every return, but like once a game, just flip the field, or once every other game take it from the 20 to the 40 and just make life easier for your offense. And I think not having to uh, not having the worst starting field position in the NFL will go a long way for the offense. And and because that's what it was, that's what it felt like last year. Anyway, I'm pretty sure they were bottom three. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I have a a deep scouting report on uh, again, amazing name, Simba Walker in Simba Walker, however, as you say it, 180 pound uh, NFL player, he's not going to, you know, shake up the offense but just if he is able to make it and he'll have a chance i imagine in preseason so if he if he breaks any in preseason then he'll be on the roster but it'll it'll come back to how many receivers they keep if they go light at tight end and i mean we'll see we shall see
1: yeah and then the last thing kind of 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 note obviously you had your big you have your big fred warner news um but the last thing we got was the 49 newly acquired signed this year, uh obviously not new to the NFL. Veteran uh, safety Tony Jefferson the 49ers signed him uh this, this offseason if you didn't forget. Um he sat out last year. What was was it an ACL injury? What was what was the rupture Achilles? You... It was his Achilles. Yeah. So he he sat out last year. No. It wasn't Achilles. What was it? 2019. Talk yeah. about Tony Jefferson, he, right? He, yes. Okay, it was, okay, it was an ACL tear. Yeah. Got it. I'm yeah. getting Tony Jefferson mixed up with uh, the 49ers' own Tarverius Moore. So, um, or the, but he kind of just had a quick players quote.
2: Players that got injured last year.
1: I know, dude. Heaven forbid I'm mixing them all up. Okay, anybody listening should. The one thing you should understand if I'm mixing things up is injuries, because we've had to keep track of a lot of them around here. And I should just say season-ending injury and just call it good, because right. you know, take <laughs> your pick. But um, you know, he said he was eager to get started. He had a little interview with MJ Acosta on NFL Network, and uh, Kyle Manson over at Niners Wire got a hold of it. He said, Sitting out a year, you just completely miss everything. Jefferson said, You just want to put your hand in the pile at this point. For me, being undrafted, it's like starting all over again and just going out there and proving yourself and making a name because you know, you sit out a year, a lot of people forget. People forget who you are, forget what you've done, and it's time for me to remind people, or as Dr. Disrespect usually says, remind them. So, I mean, sure you, and me. you, <laughs> you and I you, you and I have kind of have talked a little bit about Tony Jefferson and the fact that maybe the 49ers could carve out a bigger role for him, like a sub-package role than we might think. I mean, has is, is anything else come across your, uh, your mind when it comes to Tony Jefferson? Do you expect him to have a big role this year, or do you, do you even expect him to make the roster?
2: Yeah, I I would be surprised if he didn't make the roster. I like his quote just about, you know, people forgetting who you are because we forget these guys have, like, a monster-sized ego. And for good reason, because they're one of the best – some of the best in the world at what they do. And knowing that, just sitting out, you know, missing out on the game that you've been playing all of your life, there has to be, like, a certain level of drive and, like, hunger that that reaches you. So I think, you know – a year removed now from injury he should be I don't know what his athleticism is going to be like but as a football player he's always been one of the very best at his position like for what he's asked to do like in that box so yeah I could see him being like a dime type of linebacker where uh, you have Tart, you have Ward and you have Jefferson there and, and they're kind of all interchangeable in that sense so yeah I I think it's always best when you just get your athletes on the field so um, it, it'll, it'll come down to, you know, how comfortable he is, if he can still run or not. But he's just a heady player. He's a smart dude. He, and he, he always tends to find the ball. I and mean, it's usually near the line of scrimmage. So those are the guys you want on the football field. And uh, a veteran, he knows the game, too. He's not going to make those stupid mental mistakes that, you know, have, have kind of plagued the 49ers secondary when some of the safeties have gone down. So it, in that sense, if they are going to compete for a playoff, you know, just to make the playoffs – a guy like Jefferson is a guy you want to keep around, so I'm I'm excited to see his role,
1: too. Yeah, to me, it kind of comes down to, like, do you want Tony Jefferson on the field in, like, a sub-package look, or do you want, like, Demetrius Flanagan-Foles or Aziz Al-Shair? Like, you can get a genuine linebacker out there. I mean, Dime obviously refers to defensive backs, but... It, it kind of just how they want to allocate their, their resources. And I could just see Tony Jefferson being out there a little bit more appealing than, you know, going with like a third linebacker or something like that. Oh, not yeah. to mention the fact that Tony Jefferson in and of himself is a big dude. He's not small. He's five eleven, two twelve. So he can he can hang with, with any type of linebacker rule. So I would like to see them get out there. And then, you know, they got um Talanoa Hufanga, who they just drafted this year. I don't know what to expect from him. Um, but if Tony Jefferson's gonna earn a spot on the field, it, you know, there's it's not like it's gonna be given to him. But the idea of Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski Tart, and Tony Jefferson being on the field at you know being the secondary and all on the field at the same time would be pretty interesting. That's a lot of experience, you know. That's that's a lot of playmaking ability. So it would just be fun to see. I don't, you know, fun to see. I'm hoping he makes it. a Little, I'm always a sucker for a for a good comeback story, but. For sure,
2: yeah, and um, he's also like he fits with what they want to do. They they usually like in Baltimore, he was blitzing a lot, and he was he was forcing fumbles. He was just again he was just around the ball, and when you when you have a guy like that, because turnovers have been hard to come by, um, not in one specific year, but just in general under I guess not Robert Sala anymore, but uh, the 49ers' defense. So having to, again having a smart guy like that, it'll it'll. There should be a trickle down effect, so maybe he'll help the rest of the guys, even if he's, you know, there's there are plenty of veteran safeties, but a younger secondary and even a younger defense in general. So there are there are ways that Tony Jefferson can help this team without showing up in the box score. So maybe that's you know um, maybe the most important reason that he's going to make the roster.
1: Right, right. Well, I mean, I think that about covers it for today. We get we again recap. Hope Richard Sherman's getting better. 49ers paid All Pro Fred. Um finally signed Trey Sermon. Still waiting on Trey Lance and Aimbury Thomas. Uh we got our uh our Lion King on with Simba Webster. And then we've got Tony Jefferson who's eager to get back at it. So um I mean that's a good little little wrap up. You got anything you got any closing thoughts there, KB? No,
2: man, I'm one week away and then we will we will have some uh some footballs to talk about. Yeah, training what did you say in training camp? A week from Saturday? Yeah, so July 27 is when they report, when all the players show up, and then they take the practice field on Saturday. So put the pads on and strap them up and we get to football.
1: I know, man. That's, that's always to me when it, when it begins, when the season starts. It's when training camp starts because a training camp is interesting. Things are happening. You're getting worthwhile kind of developments. Some of it can be a, a bit over the top, but at the same time, it's just, you know, things are happening and guys are out there competing. And to me, that's kind of where, where the season starts in my head. So I'm excited for that, but Hey, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Thank you for listening to striking gold. Um, probably once training camp starts, we'll probably kick it up to, to two podcasts a week. And then I'm assuming maybe when the season starts, it might be bumped up to three. So, so we'll be moving. Things are going to start moving and shaking and jiving and winning and, and scoring and whatever. And, uh, well, I appreciate you guys Thanks for listening Thanks for tuning in Striking Gold Thanks for supporting us Thanks for the encouraging stuff You guys write us on Twitter After you know After some of the pods um, We always love reading that um, Whether it's encouragement Or criticism Or whatever you got You know Just chime in Into the conversation uh, Don't ever hesitate To hit us Hit me or KP Up on Twitter To, uh, to kind of just talk Or react to what we talked about Man I encourage it I encourage it So um, you already know what it is. Make sure you, uh, you know, leave a like, subscribe, download, all that stuff you're supposed to do. Um, I'm Rob. That's KP. This is Striking and Gold. And for another episode, we are signing out.